Once upon a time, performer, musician, and author Tara Trudell set out on a musical quest to record an album of fractured fairy tales told from a different perspective, and then she did. There's more to the story, but first... Can you tell me a story? Once upon a time, whoa, they all lived happily ever after. Once upon a time, whoa, there were some other things that happened. Wait a minute, wait a minute, there's gotta be more to the story. You've heard part of this fairy tale, but narrators can sometimes fail to tell the whole story. So tell me what the story <laughs> Well, before we get started, we were trying this new thing where we introduce ourselves on the podcast. You're trying that. doing a separate <laughs> intro, so... <laughs> okay. <laughs> So I'm Brenda Jennerette. Um, I'm joined by my co-host Josh Munkin, and this is Tara Trudell. We're so excited to have her on. Um, I just Tara, I cannot say enough about your album. It was like oh. hilarious and funny and super clever and so fun. I mean, I got so many of those songs stuck in my head, like in the best way. I just was like walking around, sort of like singing them to myself. They were just oh. so good. Thank you so much. That makes me so happy. Um, you are two of the very first people to listen outside of, you know, the people who have been involved in the project. So um, hearing that feedback is so nice and also kind of this exhale moment like, OK, good. <laughs> Someone listened and liked it. Thank you. <laughs> For sure. I feel that. I totally feel that. Yeah. It's like when your CPs are like, no, 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 this is a great idea. Like, we love this. Like, like keep going. Right. And you're like, oh, yes. Thank God. Okay. Yes. Do you? <laughs> For sure. So for thank sure. you so do you, much for do that. Do you still like it after all this time? I do. I really still do. Yeah. Sometimes when um, I'm working on kind of the non-glamorous promo sort of stuff, I, I put it on and it's a reminder like, oh, yes, I, I like this and um, I'm really proud of it. And it kind of gives me fuel to, to keep going. Totally. I, so, I mean, I just have, I have so many questions like the, it's cause we've never had anyone on, I don't know anyone who does this sort of specific children's, um, like creative outlet, right? Like in, in music yeah. and song. And it was like, you took, you took books, but made it into a song and then made it into an album like that. I mean, that's incredible. <laughs> but like, how did you do that? Cause like each song is like a mini storybook, right? Like each, yeah. each song is a picture book essentially, but then you sang it. And it's amazing. And it's like, I mean, what what does that look like? Yeah, so it draws pretty heavily on my background in sketch comedy. Um, the album is structured like a whole sketch comedy show. And um, that's something that I learned at Second City, where I was a musical director and I toured with the touring company there. So how to put a sketch show together so that the pieces are separate, but in the end, it still kind of feels like a complete package is kind of part of the, the DNA of what, of what we did at Second City. So I had an idea when I was working there, like I would love to take this form and eventually put it into an album. Um, but that idea needed years actually to find the right, the, right, the right form and the right home, the right way to do it. I, I mean, I have so much to say about that. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, first let's start with Second City. Like you, yeah, sure. I thought, I think that is so cool. Every time I hear you talk and you mention Second City, I'm just like, oh my God, that's awesome. Like as someone who writes funny stuff and just, you know, I have a special place in my heart for 
comedies and just all those people who came out of Second City and improv. I mean, it's so impressive. Like, can you tell us a little bit about Second City and just like how you got into it and what that was like? And if you met anyone super famous? (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I started at Second City. I did a very weird, unusual entry into the comedy world, which was through music. Um, Second City has a music program, and I took their intro class because I wanted to do a comedic songwriting unit. So I did that, and through that, discovered musical improv, where you're making up songs on the spot, and um, realized that a musical director would be a really good job for me in a lot of ways, except that um, I piano is not my first instrument, and you have to play a lot of piano. Oh. So. I took some time and I practiced a lot and I got my chops up and eventually I got to the level where I I could do the job. Um, So I auditioned for the touring company and they hired me and then um, I I worked there for in in Chicago for three years and then in in L.A. kind of doing gigs around the country here and there for still with Second City, though, in L.A. Yeah, yeah. Um, in L.A., they, they used to have a Hollywood location that recently closed, um, but I would do, like, corporate gigs. I would, I would go to, like, a health insurance company and play a custom song about how health insurance is great. All improvised. <laughs> um, sometimes written. Okay. Sometimes written. We would do improv shows for corporate gigs, or sometimes there's, like, a custom song. I actually did one for the American Library Association once which was really oh nice. Gosh. It was about how um, librarians need bigger budgets. And we all, Talk everyone about in the room agreed. To the, the performers, the librarians. Your audience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. I, it's interesting too, because I, I mean, I've said this before, I work for a big corporation and the notion of off the dome improv in a corporate setting uh, where you have to pretty finely walk, 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 walk the fine line of what, sorry, um, <laughs> You, you have to walk a fine line about, about like, you know, what, what you can talk about. What, what can you joke about in a corporate setting? Um, and if you're not an insider to know what's acceptable. Yes. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's an interesting challenge to be able to meet. It is for sure. Yeah. And we work kind of closely with the corporate clients to pre-talk about some of the things that let's, let's not bring up that the yeah. CEO got fired yeah. or whatever. Can we is, make you know? fun of our products or you know, whatever? Yeah. 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 It's like that, it reminds me of that scene in The Office where they're doing the skit for Dunder Mifflin, like the big company picnic, right? And they announce yes. like several branches are closing and the whole audience <laughs> is like, oh my God, like you weren't yes. supposed to say that. Like nobody is supposed to know that, right? So It's very much like that. And you do find, um, you know, Agent Michael Scarn in your improv classes when you're teaching. <laughs> there is usually a Michael Scarn in there somewhere. <laughs> Awesome. Oh my gosh. I love The Office so much. And I'm listening to the podcast, of course, because of course I am. Oh yeah, it's right? great. So It's great. Yeah. <laughs> what made you, what made you move out to LA? I mean, per- pursuing, pursuing the biz? So, yeah. Yeah. Essentially, a lot of people go through Second City and then kind of go to either New York or Los Angeles. And uh, my husband had lived in Los Angeles before. So, we kind of had a preference for LA and it kind of worked out with his job stuff. And um, yeah, so we've been here for a while now and I feel like um, finally kind of have my bearings in a new city and kind of have a rhythm here. So, you know, starting over is not always easy, but um, we're, we're glad to be here. It feels like a good fit for us now. Um, so your background has always been in music, right? Is that yes. right? Okay. And yeah. so then how did those, so how did you bridge that with, with picture books, right? And the kid lit community, like how did that happen? 
Yeah. So um, when I was at Second City, uh, one of the other music directors mentioned that he was about to have lunch with his good friend who was a picture book writer. Um, and I had taught music before working at Second City. So I was familiar with a lot of kid lit authors. I loved picture books. And I asked him who it was. And he said, Amy Krauss Rosenthal. No big <laughs> deal. I was mm-hmm. a huge fan of her work. Um, and I, I transformed into a fangirl immediately (laughs) and um he was like oh well let's have lunch with her and so like yeah that's um, whatever that's like totally sure yeah casual so um i went to lunch with amy and nick who um was was the friend and uh she within the first five minutes of sitting down said what should we work on together oh what what? did you do to make that impression yeah and that's how amy was It, nothing. That's just how Amy was. She was like incredibly collaborative. Um, it's it's also I think it's a Chicago thing and it's an Amy thing. Mm. So what should we work on together? And the answer was the theme song for Uni the Unicorn and a, a short film called The Serenade Stand. Um, and that was a transformational project for me. It was really inspiring to turn a book into a song. I was like, oh, oh, I love this. <laughs> Yeah, so that's, I mean, I know that you've done that with several other picture books. So, like, how does that work? Because, I mean, you're not just going to, at least I, I assume you don't just go in and you're not, you're not just, like, singing, you know, the text of the book. Like, yes. it's a whole different, it's a whole different project. That's so a like, fun concept, you, too. <laughs> how do you do that? Right, yeah, that yeah. sounds really fun. Yeah, so um, I have a conversation with the author, and we talk about, like, their creative process and what they were thinking about when they wrote it. Sometimes, you know, certain themes bubble up that were important to them to express. And we talk about like, whether it's a character driven song or it's a more theme driven song or an emotional driven song. And so those conversations give me a lot to work with. So then I'll go to the text and I'll kind of pull things out of the text and pull things out of that conversation. We'll also talk about musical style. They'll send me comps of songs that they like or that they kind of heard in their mind when they were thinking of their book, maybe their playlist that they were listening to when they wrote. Um, and I'll take all those things and weave them together and, and make a theme song. Wow. <laughs> How multi-instrumentalist are you? I mean, I know you, and just to acknowledge for the listening audience, Brenna's just raptly attentive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I have so many things to you, say. Yeah, so my yeah, mouth you, is just. I open. mean, you said for a second, yeah. city that you weren't you weren't a, like a virtuoso or at least um, skilled enough with piano to yes. keep up with the pace of improv. But like, I mean, you have to wear a lot of hats or play a lot of play a lot of hats yes. to do do what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. Yes. So um, I play piano, you know, right. competently now. <laughs> I can improvise in different genres um, and play in different genres. And so writing in different genres is easier than improvising in different genres. Um, and I play flute. That was my main instrument growing up. Um, I don't have as many occasions to use that now, but I, I occasionally pull out the flute. And I also play some basic guitar ukulele. I love the notion uh, of improv flute to go along with <laughs> I don't know what occasionally at Second City we'd have a flute joke yeah and like bring out the flute and do a little toot <laughs> it it's so interesting that this is like because I don't know anyone else who does this like this is so it's like so creative and so just like it's a brilliant additional layer to add to a picture book it just I mean it's so fun and bouncy and just like 
I don't know, like inspiring. Like, I, I don't know why this hasn't been a thing before. Like, it's so smart and you do it so well. I just, um, yeah, like it makes me think about, you know, like how you're reading to kids and some kids are visual and some kids are very literal and some kids learn in, you know, different ways. And this is another way for them to learn, right? Like music therapy is a thing. Wilderness therapy is a thing, you know, like moving your body and, cre you know, creative, like art therapy, like all that stuff. So like, having having that in there as this other layer for kids to sort of engage with the story and um, create on their own or sort of like, you know, come up with their own stuff. Like it's it's just, it's really, really smart. I just love everything about it. And I I don't know, it's so cool that you do it. Do you know anyone else who does this? Um, Emily Arrow okay. is a person who's done songs for books and her work is wonderful. That is a great name. Did her parents, yeah, it, were her parents writers, they were like, yeah. we need to have alliteration yeah. in her name. This is great. Yeah, her music is wonderful, and now she has some of her own books as well. Um, and um, yeah, other than that, I'm not sure who's doing book book songs. Yeah. There are a lot of people who do kid songs also. Have you ever done it in reverse? Have you ever started, like, have you come up with, like, an original, like, kidlit, like, picture book song and then adapted it into a book? Or has somebody come to you with, like, oh, I have this thing, but, I, you know, it's, like, coming out in song, but could you help me write it in a book instead? Um. I haven't done it for an uh, for another author. I've I've kind of like started with a song and tried to put it into a book, but that order hasn't worked as well. Oh, okay, yeah. Do you sort yeah. of do you sort of think in song? I feel like that happens sometimes. You know, like like if you're dreaming and you're like thinking about a story, you like dream about that story. But like you know, yeah. When people you know give me their book and I'm looking for a song idea, like melodies will jump out at me paired with lyrics. Like, ooh, that's catchy. Ooh, I. I, I hear that. Yeah, I, I do think in song. <laughs> that is very cool. You just made me think of uh, another person who doesn't, uh, this is not his specialty, but he's all over the place. Tim Kubart is somebody you must be aware of. Maybe not. No. Okay. Mm, I'm not. He's with po uh, Postmodern Jukebox yeah. and um, is a kid's, and oh, he's, yes, he's podcasted for yes, highlights, yes. but you know, what? An interesting, um, I guess, case study on what's possible with music is that he published a book a few years ago called Oopsie Doo um, and released a song alongside it because he's, you know, he's mostly a musician. Um, and so it was kind of a, like a partner, partner one-two punch kind of deal. Yeah. But it's an yeah. interesting niche to carve out. And it must feel to you like, I mean, you're, it's not like you're creating a, a market for this product i guess it sort of is but i mean how do you th how do you think about like bushwhacking your way through this uncharted territory i mean do you think of what you do as marketing <laughs> or um or supporting books or how do you categorize it in your brain it's both it's both and we talk about that when i talk to the author about what purpose they intend it for i've done some book songs that no one has heard um on the internet but that go into classrooms uh, for school visits. And sometimes they'll say, I want something really interactive that I can do with kids when I go into the classroom. So that's another piece too, is is that it can be a part of your presentation um, and it can add that element when you're doing a live, a live show. Some authors have come to me and said, I want something that I personally can sing and here's a memo of me singing and I'll write to their voice. Oh, wow. I, I mean, I had no idea, like an interactive song. That's so, and what a challenge. Like, yeah. that must be really fun for you, right? Because I mean, part of the fun of writing is like the, the challenge of it. That's why like, 
revisions sometimes just sort of feel like boring and like sort of bog you down, you know, because you're just like, well, I mean, I, yeah, I, like I, re- I know this story already. You know what I mean? Like I, I got into yeah. a good spot. Like I don't care which word goes here. I mean, that's not entirely true. I do. But like that you come up with a new idea and you're like all of a sudden re-inspired and it's like, oh, okay, this is a challenge. I need to figure this out and I can make it funny. And so I just, I feel like I've, every project is going to be different, right? Like every, every author is different, every song, every request. Do you, is it easier for you to do like one specific kind of book versus another? Like, like for instance, your music, like Fractured, right, is all just sort of like really fun and super funny and just like, uh, like a good time. So it seems like it would, your, your style would lend itself more to like a humorous picture book as opposed to like, you know, like a heavier topic. So, um, yes, that's kind of my voice, but I will say I did a theme song for a dark YA LGBTQ fantasy novel. Oh, cool. Um, and that's like this pop sort of dark, like strings and very processed vocals. Tara, and that was so fun to work on. I was going to say. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And actually, I had another author, Nell Cross Beckerman. I did a song for her book, Down Under the Pier, which hasn't like fully come out. She used it in like a, a fun way for a promo, but we haven't released the track. And her comp was Billie Eilish. Oh, And that's cool. another sort of like a beachy kind of like uh, l- lush vocal again. So I, I actually I love an assignment. I love the challenge of writing in different genres. I do also like scores for dark comedies sometimes. So um, I like working in different genres. But if you're talking about what my voice as a songwriter is, it is that fun sort of good good time, sing along, funny, funny voice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as a writer, like I love to write outside my genre. And if I have like, you know, if there's like a call for an anthology or I don't know, whatever, like it's fun to sort of like push those boundaries as long as it seems like interesting. But yeah, as someone who writes funny, like there was a call for an anthology semi recently for like a horror mom piece. So this is like adult, oh, but like horror and you know just like not what I write at all. And I was like, that actually sounds really fun. Like let me see, right, what I can do. So yeah, I totally, I totally get that. That's awesome. I do. I keep a list of challenges for myself actually for when I get stuck, and it'll be like writing challenges, music challenges, and sometimes it's a genre challenge, like write a horror piece, like write. Um, a parody of a horror piece, you know, that that works really well for comedy. Yeah. Doing, like, oh my gosh, you should write like your, that. I know you talk about the humor room a lot too, or the, mm-hmm. the last time I heard you speak anyways, um, which I have, I have since, I, I was a part of and didn't realize and tried to join and they were like, oh, you can't, <laughs> and I was like, wait a second, I'm already in here. Anyways, I, um, yeah, the humor room too, I know you talk about, about like, you know, going through like some of the books about improv comedy and like using them as prompts, like if you get stuck. And it, what you said just now, too, reminded me of um, Tara Lazar's Story Storm. Like, that's a great yes. method to use, right, to, like, generate ideas. Can you yes. explain yeah, the humor room wonderful. for those that aren't oriented to it? Because it seems like a very, you know, particular sure. title. Yeah. Yes. It is. Yeah. So um, just during the pandemic, um, I was kind of looking to connect with more humor writers. So I put out a call in uh, 12 by 12 and said, does anyone want to just get in a a DM group on Twitter? Um, And so the Humor Room started as a DM group. And then um, there's also a smaller group of people who have a book club that's still going on where we we started out going through humor books together. 
um, and kind of working a chapter at a time and doing exercises together. And that's actually when I started writing Fractured was when we were going through um, How to Write Funny by Scott Dickers. Awesome. And um, then we also spun it off into a Twitter community so more people could join because we were we were at capacity. So, um, you know, t- Twitter is a whole thing <laughs> these yeah. days. But um, it is nice to have a, a space to connect with other humor writers and maybe it will... Um, move to a new location at some point yeah i i know you're on post more now is that right yes do they have yes i am i i'm not i think i'm on post but i don't i just don't have the bandwidth to like actually be on post so is there is there something similar like the community rooms on twitter there's not a community room yet but we have some plans the humor room is thinking we're looking at the summer to kind of start up a weekly sort of post for writers so we're still kind of talking about what what form that's going to take but um i'm excited about that i think that's going to be i think it's going to be a really good spot for writers it's still growing it's still adding features all the time but i've had like a really great social media experience there so i'm I'm hopeful that that's going to be a home for people at some point my gosh i want to be a part of the humor room maybe that'll be the yeah same so i can be like i want to get involved (laughs) yeah for sure you heard it here first have you talked about that is it expanding it I've, I haven't mentioned it publicly. No, this okay. is breaking news. Yeah. Wow. All right. I don't know when this is going to come out. It may be live by that by that point. So you should feel safe. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, how long does it generally, or I guess, yeah, two questions. How long does it usually take to, like, you know, get the request to make a song and then to sort of get it? Like, how does it, or does it really just vary kind of widely? And then sub question, how long did it take to do your whole your whole album? Okay, so for a book song, it kind of depends. Mm-hmm. Like, it depends on how many projects I have going on at the moment. But um, usually within a few weeks, I can get the first draft to the author. And then we'll go back and forth with, with some notes on the lyrics and the sound um, and do whatever revisions and then so it, it depends on kind of my schedule and their timeline of when they need it but um, people in publishing are used to long waits <laughs> yeah so they usually come at me with a very luxurious time you have frame. two years uh, to complete when I'm this. doing like a comedy short it's yeah. usually much shorter yeah. yes yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> uh, that feels very luxurious uh, compared to the turnarounds that you get if you're working in, in film what it What's the proportion um, for fractured? Well, yeah, I mean, I was just before we get onto fractured, which is its own ahead, its yeah. own thing. But what what is the yeah. proportion of yeah. like the independent song creation kind of marketing work that you do in conjunction with the publisher versus independent? Um, I'm an author, and I, I I want this. I want this for me to help me market or help me like do outreach for my book. Because I feel like there must be some sensitivity. Yeah, it's all been initiated. Yeah. It's all been initiated by the authors with the support of the mm. publishers, and the publishers will weigh in. They sometimes give notes on the video. Um, they sometimes send me a font that they want to have in the video because um, I also edit the videos for them. Um, they don't usually have notes on the songs. I don't think I've ever gotten a note from a publisher Not on a song. Area of expertise. But they will sometimes weigh in on the marketing or like the end slate for the yeah. video, things like that. So they are, they're definitely in the loop. They're aware of the project. They're giving feedback, but um, it's, it's because the author has initiated the process. I, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Josh. <laughs> I just, I'm just fascinated by how like, 
because it I mean this is the first that I'm hearing about this right and I think it's awesome and so uh, incredible that you do this but it's it also sounds like you've been doing this for a while like you have worked with all of these people and have been you know you work with publishers and they are aware of you like how did you how did you like make that happen I guess like do you just sort of offer the services or do you have like a bunch of writer friends who are just like I know like could you please make me a song Bren is or... also asking for a friend because yeah, she's got a book just... deal she's, she's gonna need some help with <laughs> <laughs> that's true I, I didn't think about that oh my gosh we should work together how fun would that yeah, be yeah <laughs> that would be so fun I would love it um, it's just from being part of the community. You know, I, I joined 12 by 12 a few years ago and um, other groups, the PB Workshop Discord I'm a member of and just kind of, you know, posting about my work in these spaces. People have kind of like become acquainted with it and it's kind of grown from there. So. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I mean, going back to the publisher interaction thing, because, um, you know, we've talked a lot about marketing books and um if you think about this or put this put the, put the work that you do with these with these songs in the same frame of reference as say like an educational resource it's like a like a sheet that you might leave mm-hmm. with a class or a, you know something separate from the text that you might work on on the side um by and large unless you have a publisher who's got the machinery to really like invest and they have specialists and things to help you put those materials together and help shop your work around. It is so much author driven and an author choice to say, look, this is something that I want to do for myself. Uh, and then the publisher cynically, the publisher says, yeah, I'll let you, I'll let you pay for that. But we'll, we want to have a say just to make sure that it's, yes, it's yeah. all good. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> how, so how does it, I'm, I'm still just like thinking about, yeah, about like, how like how that happens so the author gets gets in touch with you or do they get in touch with your like musical agency or your your whoever this is a great time to mention that i am currently unwrapped everyone (laughs) i would love to to find a musical agency so uh okay so it would have to be a musical agent to rep you right like that so that's like a whole different like animal compared to like Mm -hmm. a literary agent like I couldn't I couldn't like refer you to my agent because he has no like I'm also interested in the literary agent but yes um I I would love to be rep for both so you'd need (laughs) would you need two I mean unless unless you found the unicorn that reps both yes it's kind of like a big agency that reps both or or two okay and I'm I'm happy to do either world (laughs) To the universe get the, get this yeah. woman repped are you kidding me she's yeah. doing amazing work like please rep her <laughs> crazy okay got it so so then they just they just get in touch with you directly and then you kind of sort out all the stuff and so that's you like negotiating and talking back and forth with the publisher um no it usually goes through the author the author will kind of be the conduit between me and the publisher oh, okay. um yeah and they'll say you know the publisher had these notes or liked this and um they've had some lovely feedback from publishers that's that's you know been really nice very cool okay going back a couple minutes i interrupted uh brenna's double question (laughs) about the process for fracture can you please restate your question brenna to orient orient us on (laughs) oh yes (laughs) yes i wanted to know i wanted to know how long that took so you said you started writing writing it during the pandemic, right? Yes. So January 2020, mm-hmm. 
this wide-eyed person thought, oh, this is my year. I'm going to really get out there this year. And I have a picture of myself, like, the first day I started working on Fractured. Because I had this idea, and I took a selfie. Oh, I love that. And I was like, I think this is going to be a thing, so I'm going to take a selfie. January 2020, like, here we go. And so (laughs) the process came to a screeching halt. Um, and it was picked up again, I would say, like, at the very end of 2020, early 2021. Um, but my kids' preschool was still closed, uh. so it was very slow. Um, and it kept me going, though, so just when I had those small chunks, like, every now and then they'd sleep at the same time, they'd take a nap during the day at the same time, or my husband would, like, be on the phone, like, on a work call with them outside while I frantically, like, recorded some things. I have demo tracks where they're in the background saying, Mommy, are you singing right now? (laughs) (laughs) So um, that was 2021. And then in September of 2021, I I started playing it for people. I played it for a couple of comedy friends, and then I did a Zoom listening party for members of the humor room. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah, and they gave really great feedback. so after that, I took all that feedback and went into some rewrites. Um, at that point, they weren't major rewrites. On the, along the way, I had like rewrites of full songs that were, were thrown out. But um, I, I did some, you know, like a change of verse here, add a new bridge, that kind of rewrite. Um, and then I started working with my producer in uh, the spring of 2022. And then he and I worked together over this past year on all the arrangements and mixing it and recording the cast vocals and um, just finally get it mastered and, and yeah. finished. And so to be, cl- to be clear on that, everything that you, you had worked on up until involving the cast and your pre- producer was solo the Terra show in terms of, you know, recording demos yes. and doing all the instrumentals and, and all that sort of thing all yourself. Yes. So I did all the, vo- all the demos, um, all the lyrics, all the music is, is all me. And then um, my producer came in and he added a lot of the magical flourishes to the arrangements. He's, he was actually also a music director at Second City. That's how we met. Oh, cool. And now he's an engineer mixer. And so he had a really good, his name is Ben Harris. I should shout him out. Um, he had a really good understanding of what I was trying to do because he also worked in the same job. And so our musical vocabulary is the same, but our skill sets are a little different. So that made him a really great person to work with. So sorry, so you said you worked you worked with Ben in Second City. Did he produce there? Or Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, he was a musical director there for, so I was the musical director for Redco, the touring company, and he was the musical director for Blueco. So same job, different touring companies. And, you know, when we weren't on the road, we'd hang out together. We, we worked on songs together back in those days. Um, that's actually how we got in touch again. He reached out and said, hey, do you have this song that we worked on all these years ago? And what are you up to? <laughs> yes, I've got that song. <laughs> also, I've I'm got all these other songs. Can you help? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I'll make you regret yes. getting in touch with me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm sure he's full of regret. <laughs> I love that you mentioned um, musical vocabulary because as you were saying, you know, you had like a Zoom listening party for the humor room. I'm imagining like if I was in that audience, you know, how would I, how would I critique this, right? Like what would I, like, it's coming from a writing background. Yeah, I don't have a, a musical vocabulary. So I'd have to be like, well, like this sounded really like hummy and fun, but then the melody dropped here. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I would yeah, know how to so articulate. They, like, they really didn't critique the music part. Um, just like but the it words. It was very helpful. In the chat, they were kind of like, 
LOL. And that was helpful. <laughs> okay. Like, oh, this this line is hitting, you know, like, okay. oh, like, this is great. Love this idea. And then afterwards, some of them gave more detailed feedback about some of the songs and it's very insightful and helpful. Okay, yeah, because I, yeah. I was just thinking to myself, like, I don't know if I'd be very helpful. I would just be like, whoa, cool. <laughs> like, it, it, is help- <laughs> it is helpful, though, to hear, like, what lines are hitting, like, w- see what people are responding to. That kind of live audience feedback is something that the Second City process is really based on. And incorporating that live feedback is is really helpful. And it's hard to recreate when you're writing on your own at home. So I was very appreciative to them for all hopping on Zoom with me and, and recreating that kind of live experience yeah that's an that's like an interesting way to look at it because I'm thinking about that in terms of like you know my own creative process like would it like what if I added like a live audience right like would that would that help if I was like (laughs) you know writing or like taking suggestions or like you know playing like mad libs essentially like okay I need a I need a really funny weapon here like what would I you know like shout about what would I use it could it could be really fun I don't know I've done kids shows like that, the Ooh. kids improv shows where you um, have the kids direct the story. There was one that I did in Chicago called Storytown, which was exactly that. Like, and I need a sidekick and she's sitting right here in the front row. Come on up, sidekick. Oh, you cool. Know, it's, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's a little like whose line is it, right? Yes. Like, like yeah. similar where they just like shout stuff out. That, yeah, actually, I suppose that yeah. would, maybe if I could get all of my closest writing partners in my office here and they could just like <laughs> shout out as I'm like trying to yeah. write stuff. Well, it is kind of like the value of reading your manuscripts out loud for somebody, right? For sure. Like you get that live feedback when you do that, even if it's one-on-one. Yeah, totally. I, yeah, I, just this, uh, <laughs> you're opening my mind to this, to, to the potential in this, um, this like live performance, because I mean, I've asked questions about this before mm-hmm. in other conversations, how picture book focused conversations, how do you think about your work being consumed? And we've already talked about this with you, with the songs that you create for picture books being um, largely, I mean, split between, I want to use this for, um, uh, you know, a read aloud or an educational visit or whatever versus I want to use this for, for marketing. I mean, there's similar considerations for authors. I mean, me in particular, I, th- I tend to think about my manuscripts. How are they going to be written? If I do re- read alouds for for other people that I record on my own, I I usually do them in a couple of different ways with different levels of energy. You know, sleepy time, bedtime reading, mm. um, out out loud with voices, and you know, that sort of thing. And I I, th- I think that that helps. But that I, I I really like this notion of this audi- audience participation. And um, the live, as brains are consuming the content, not as kids would, but similar, giving feedback. Um, there's no question here, Tara. I'm just, I'm, I'm vibing. I'm vamping and just like kind of <laughs> I, ideating. I think that would be, I've always kind of thought in my mind, that would be a really cool show for someone to do, like a Zoom show or something like that. Right, again, you heard it here first. Would that be fun? Yeah, <laughs> I'll write the theme yeah. song. Perfect. You'll join and uh, Reggie Watts uh, do our do our Reggie Watts accompaniment. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Dream job. Dream yeah. job. He's great. Josh also does an NPR voice for anyone listening. If they if they are looking for a read aloud, that's, that's the sleepy specific. time one. It's very good. Yes. <laughs> oh, sleepy time. Yeah, I can hear it. I can hear it. Thanks, Tara. <laughs> I sound sleepy time. <laughs> Josh is always trying to. Josh is always trying to slip that in, though. I just want to tell everyone he loves doing those read alouds so much. Like it's it's like a really fun like side project for well, him. Well, so, I have yeah. secret desires, and I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to not 
not We're to sober. talk about. I've, I'm trying not to sort of insert that in, but we'll, we we could talk about it. I have secret desires to do something like <laughs> like an album of read alouds of manuscripts, and I've put this out on Twitter before. Oh, but this, uh, you know, take take stuff that's not going to get published otherwise, and set it to music, and put it out there yes. for parents to listen to in the car. I love that kind of thing. I think, um, you know, publishing is an industry where you have to make it past a lot of gatekeepers to get your work out there. And sometimes there's power in just putting it out yourself. So I really support people who are doing creative things like that and kind of kicking down the door in their own ways. Um, so please right. do it. Please do it. I, I would really love I would love it if you did that. <laughs> I mean, you guys could collaborate even. Like, it could be, like, a whole thing. We could have, like, regular, like, Josh NPR version and, like, Tara musical version. So they could be, like, yeah. double, right? When I was when I was growing up, so my dad is very, very into music. This is a huge tangent. But um, <laughs> he used to make me these amazing mixtapes. And one of his favorite things to do on a mixtape was put on the same song done done by different artists so it was like you know like a back-to-back like pepsi challenge like taste test kind of right like like which one do you like better like what are the best like you know traits of each one and i used to love that so it would be cool if it was an album that did that like on purpose you know like here is the sleepy time version here is the like you know music time version i'm gonna i'm gonna do the npr voice (laughs) backed by tara doing honky tonk music to accompany that Let's just see how these play together. The yeah. kids are going to be so confused. Like, am yes. I tired? Yeah. Do I want to dance? I don't know. This is safe to say not what you expected from this interview, I think, Tara. I mean, I didn't know we were going to cover Honky Tonk, but I'm glad we did. All right. Box checked. Box, box created and then checked. Thank goodness. Hey, it's time to take a quick break for some reviews and shout outs in support of our amazing community. First up, Brenna reviewed Friday Night Wrestle Fest by J.F. Fox and illustrated by Micah Player. I have a distinct note here to read the, the next part in an announcer voice. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Friday Night Wrestle Fest. Will Dangerous Dadu be able to take on Nutty by Nature, Peanut Brother, and Jellyfish? What about the Mama Rama and Big Bald Baby? Will the kid crew actually end up in bed, or will it be lights out for Dangerous Dadu? Find out at the Friday Night Wrestle Fest. This book is apparently hilarious. I haven't read it. The illustrations are action-packed, and it's a guaranteed bedtime favorite. Now back to your normal voice. John's review is Bob the Turtle by Nathaniel Fumalai. What's better than a story about cute animals working to help each other that's also a great entry into the STEM Kidlit Library? Well, how about a book written by a 10-year-old? John got his hands on this awesome piece of work, and we just need to give credit where credit's due. Nathaniel, you're doing an awesome job. Keep it up, and we can't wait to see what's next. And finally, my review for the week is The Charming Sparky by Jenny Awful, originally out in 2014 with loving and completely relatable illustrations done by Chris Applehans. Gosh, this book is hilarious. It's funny up and down the age spectrum. Hilarious on its face because of the central premise of a grade schooler attempting to train a lazy sloth, made more complexly layered when you understand the comp- competitive social dynamics around having a pet the we're stuck with each other ending is just tone perfect and contrary to the neat bows that many picture books are tied into well done 
Remember to review, 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 because this is the best way to get books that you love in front of new eyes that need to see them. On to some shout outs for the week. Uh, Carrie Fannin, our buddy Carrie Fannin, would like to give a shout out to Katie McEnany for writing the incredible historic series that she craved as a kid. Uh, Carrie can't wait until we get to celebrate your first book birthday, and uh, she's absolutely certain that the day is coming for her soon. And our buddy Stina Hernandez would like to shout out the wonderful, totally coincidental, I'm sure, Tara Trudell herself. She, uh, she, Stina, was lucky enough to receive a picture book critique from Tara and can't thank her enough for the kind words and insightful feedback on her story. And Stina sends a thank you to all of her critique partners. You know who you are. It's amazing to support and encourage one another in our writing journeys, or their writing journeys, your writing journeys, all of ours. Finally, one more shout out to buddy and sponsor Justin Cologne, incredible supporter of the community, amazing critique giver himself, and a beloved apiator. To everyone listening, plant a pollinator-friendly flower today and hug a bee for us. And now, back to our chat with Tara. So are you, are you working on picture books also? Are you do you also do that or is it more are you more sort of leaning towards the the musical side right now? I do have picture books in progress. I have some manuscripts. Um I've done a very small amount of querying, mm. but um I uh decided to focus more on the album. So we'll see what happens with all of it uh when it comes out. I, I have mean, a lot of Sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. I have a lot of like um long-term goals and ideas about how music and books can work together. Um, and I think I'm at the point where I'm just looking for some partners to help me kind of bring that vision to the next level. Yeah, I mean, working on your album sounds way more fun than being in the Query Changes. I mean, no I 100% understand why. Yeah, I mean, it's soul-crushing, right? I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, working on an album and putting it out and like, like doing all the stuff I mean and just like you said right like sort of kicking down the door because there are no gatekeepers like you just went and ha- went ahead and did it and now it's this like amazing thing that you can hold in your hand and like play for people so like yeah way better than query trenches I'm so glad you didn't like hang out in there yeah and I have to say that um I've had a lot of inspiration to do that from the cast on the album um all oh. of the actors who are on the album are people who absolutely do that in their own careers they make things and put them out and um, I just really admire what they do so much. And so that was a big inspiration for me is like watching these people that I've worked with since Chicago um, kind of build their careers and, and make their own projects. Um, it's it's really inspiring. And so I drew inspiration from that as well. What, you alluded to this, I mean, a minute ago. What What is your vision of the future of books and music combined? Like, how do you how do you think about that? What's the potential there? Yeah. Um, I think I think about it not just from a perspective of books, but also about mm. storytelling. Um, I like to do storytelling and all and music in all kinds of ways. Um, theater, and I would really love to start working in film and TV. That's a big goal for me is to um, use that kind of musical storytelling. Um, and then books with musical components. Um, and then, you know, maybe another album. I have some ideas for like how to do story forms in different ways. This one was a musical sketch show. Maybe the next one will be like a different kind of story form. Um, so yeah, I have a, I have a lot of ideas. Um, I always have a lot of ideas. 
Um, it's just the matter of picking which ones to kind of grow and develop. So what is the difference between a sketch show and like a like some kind of other story form? Um, so a sketch show has um, different pieces in it. And that's kind of how Fractured is. Like every piece is sort of like, it, it's a character driven sketch show. So every piece is driven by a character's, you know, um, the way they feel misunderstood or what they want or um, what they hope for. Um, a musical would have like a through line, right? A, a whole musical. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So each song in this part, in this way, is sort of its own standalone thing, and it and very character driven. Is sort yes. of the okay. Yes. And I mean, although I was, I was just gonna say, so fractured is like such an apt title for so many reasons. I mean, there are obvious <laughs> like you know double meanings, but now there's like this extra meaning that I'm understanding based on like what a sketch show is, like these different pieces fitting together. Yeah. And there are like kind of callbacks that unite them. You know, if you listen to it, you'll see that there are some some jokes that come back again, yes. and some musical fragments that come back again, and then the closing number brings everybody together. Um, so clever! So, it's so clever. You. <laughs> if you are listening, like you have to get this album. It is so so good. Your kids will love it. I loved it. Like it's I, so good. Uh, and you don't, thank you. This doesn't happen a lot with improv because there's everything's forward thinking. But but I have to say the first time that I listened to the album and I saw, um, or I heard rather like the last track you said, what's, what's the story. There's a, a lyric in there. That's what's the story. That's a callback to the first song. Mm-hmm. I just went good for you, Tara. That's like, like a, such a good, and just an <laughs> artful, like bookending callback that puts, um, it gives continuity to all these disparate, um, little bits that helps them just feel cohesive. Yeah, no. thank you. That was the goal. And so I'm yeah, glad that that came sure. across. Thank you. It's, it's very satisfying <laughs> that, like, I wanted oh, to add, I wanted good. to add that word because it's sort of like, oh, yeah, like, and then you're sort of like in on it. You're like, oh, yeah, like, I know because I listened to the whole thing, right? It's like a whole, like, arching. Anyways, yeah, it's like you get to be a part of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a challenge to try to um, make songs that could stand alone and also work together. That was kind of one of the things I had in mind as I worked on, on the piece as a whole. You know, I so I was messaging Josh earlier this morning about um, this because it's similar to sort of the way you structure a chapter book, right? Because mm-hmm. all the best ones that I've seen are are sort of like that. Like each chapter can stand alone, right? But then, like if it if it's good, it will have an overarching sort of theme or message, right? And like the first chapter usually shows up at the end, and like all these pieces make sense, and you're like, oh, that's what they were trying to say, right? So it's like, it's um. Yeah, it was really well done in that way. Like, that's sort of a, an interesting way to think about it, like sort of a chapter book, but like a musical version of a chapter book. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. <laughs> and that, that's something I've heard kind of consistently from people who have listened to Fractured is like, this is maybe also something else. Like, it, it's an album, but it feels like a book. It's an album, but it feels like it could be a movie or a musical. Yeah. Um, so I love that people are hearing that. And I would love to, you know, expand the fracture. I, I called it the, the fractured cinematic universe. <laughs> yes. Yes. I would love to ex- expand the- that at some point. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. It's definitely a dream. Yes, there's yeah. so much potential. It's the, it's the FU, Tara. <laughs> really focus on the FU. <laughs> Dude, nailed it. F you yes, with Tara Trudell. That's the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I could totally see this being expanded into like 
I mean, I don't even know. Like, is this like a like an animated short series? Like, each of those could definitely because it's it, it is so character driven, and that's what kids are drawn to. Like, it could be like you know a bluey sort of like oh, you know what a dream. like yes. right? I know. Oh my god, I love that show so much. I would love to I be a too. writer on that show, but of course, the dude is like, no, I work alone. I don't have any other writers. Also, you're not. Damn Australian. it! Like, yeah. like, come on, yeah, and I'm not Australian. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, come on, like. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I, I could see it, like, morphing into, like, all kinds of stuff. I'm so excited for it to be out there and just to, like, watch Thank it unfold you. and, like, all the oh, potential. Me too. Oh, my gosh, there's so much. My, I was talking to my uh, my kids this morning about um, doing an interview and, like, what that meant. Um, and my four-year-old asked me the question. Um, I, so I said, like, what questions would you ask me? And she said, is the album popular? <laughs> oh, that's really sweet. <laughs> On this podcast, it is very yeah. popular. Thank you. Yes, I told her it's most important to me that it's popular in the car, and it has been so far. I was so. going to ask if your kids like it. Oh, that's awesome. They love it, and that their voices are on it. Um, my daughter is the one who says, that, can you tell me a story at the very beginning? And then my son is the one. He was he was four at the time on, on Magic oh, Mirror. Man. Oh, he's at the end. Oh, he's <laughs> at the end of Magic Mirror asking the questions. That's my oh, son. That's yeah, great. that's my son. That's yeah. great. Yeah, it was popular yeah. at our <laughs> bath time special. a couple of nights ago yeah. as well, where we had to play. What oh, did we good. Play? Uh, I think it was Magic Mirror. We played three times in a row. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy to hear that. So, I, yeah, I want to ask. <laughs> I want to ask a serious, a serious question. Let's get into it. Boo. I mean, it's okay. it's related. But I, <laughs> one thing that I said to uh, Brenda this morning flippantly is how fancy your press kit is. Uh, I mean, oh, you've got you have good. a you have a link to the actual kit with photos of the cast members. You've got mm-hmm. a one sheet. You've got I mean, what what's kind of reads like a press release and some other materials. How mm-hmm. how how did you put yourself in the frame of reference to be a marketer of your own work? I mean, I know we we've already talked about some of what you do being marketing for other people, but how do you how, how did yeah. you go about conceptualizing that? Um, thank you for the question because, uh, it doesn't come, it doesn't come naturally to me. So I, I feel, um, I feel happy that it's coming across in a professional way. That was my goal. Um, yeah, it is a totally different skill set, and at times it's been challenging for me. Um, and at times it's been fun for me and the times when it's fun is when I try to take my creative brain and approach it with my creative brain. Like, how can I do this in a way that um, incorporates my creativity and what I do? And it's not possible for every single element of it. Um, like, pitching myself is something that is, I- I'm working on. It doesn't come supernaturally to me. Um, but I also feel very happy for um, the things that have happened as a result of putting myself out there, like coming on this podcast, for example. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I feel resolved to continue doing it, even though it's not the thing that I love doing the most um, and it's not my greatest strength. But um, the times when I can sort of bring my creativity into it are the times when I enjoy it the most. Um, But I do, I feel so strongly about this project and uh, it's, you know, the project of my heart, as people often say, that's this for me. And so I just want to do everything I can to give it the best chance for people to discover it. So that means um, kind of shifting gears and and really becoming a market. I appreciate that message because something that we've talked about multiple times is um, like how how much can you as a creator really move the needle um, to get your work out there, either to sell books or to, you know, get 
a, ten, a hundredth of a cent uh, from like a Spotify play or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, how much can you move the needle? And the, the advice is usually to um, follow where your passion is, which I think you said a version of ways mm-hmm. in which you can leverage your creativity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I also like, and I, I'm, I'm emphasizing this, underlining this point. I like the, the notion of respecting your work to the extent that you'll put in the, the work to fill the bench with things that may be useful or uh, if not necessary, then at least useful in, in informing how your work is perceived. Like uh, pr- press releases. Are, yes, absolutely. Yeah, and that was a, write, a, a big, but, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's not that, I, you know, I didn't super, I mean, I guess it's kind of creative because it's a form mm. I don't write in, right? Like putting on this hat of like, I'm, I'm writing in this genre that I don't usually write in. It's not like the most fun kind of writing, but it's interesting to, to do that exercise. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so it, it has been a bit of a journey to, to work on that side of things. And I'm just trying to do it in as much of an authentic me way as possible. So, I mean, as long as we're talking about the press kit and, you know, getting it out there, like tell everybody where where to get it and like how to, you know, get their hands on it. Because, yeah, I, I want people to buy this. Like, it's so good. Sure. Yeah. Um, so the album itself will be out on all of the platforms where you get music. Um, Apple, Spotify, uh, Amazon, iTunes. Title, teaser, like just there's a very Whoa. long list. Did you just make this last two up? I've never heard. Of I, know, stream. I know, I know. There are some cool ones, stream cool it new on ones deezer. I've never heard of too. Um, <laughs> yes, I know, I know. It, but it's a thing. And uh, Instagram, it's also going to be on Instagram, oh. where you can like kind of put it on your reel, like oh. it's like you know. Okay. Um, so and TikTok, uh, yeah, it's going to all the, all the platforms. Okay. Uh, and so you can also find the press kit and more information about it on my website, which is www.terratrudel.com. Okay, and when does all that happen? May 5th. May which 5th. is in the past. Okay. May 5th, yes. And you can, <laughs> which is in the past, yes. Um, <laughs> right, okay. <Yes. laughs> I sometimes forget, yeah, we're not, we are not live. I just... <laughs> I just wanted to make sure it was like, you know, people, people like knew, knew it about it. It came out on May 5th oh and gosh. everyone loved it's it. Just, <laughs> yes. It skyrocketed yes, to the top go. of the charts. As we all remember. Manifested. On the front page yes. of the New York yes. Times. Right. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yes. What is, oh my gosh. Wh- um, what do you, I, go what do you hope for? Yeah, look, I mean, looking forward a couple of months, what do you, what do you hope for? What's success look like for you? Is it performing That's in school? That's a great question. Is it, um, what? Yeah. Yeah, so I'd say there are, I, I like to kind of divide my goals into um, heart goals and goals you control and then big dreams. So the goals I control are what we were just talking about, like putting together a professional package and putting my best foot forward. I'm working on lyric videos. I'm making all my own lyric videos and try to make those polished and fun. Um, so those are the goals I control. Um, the heart dreams are like already my kids want to listen to it in the car. That's a heart dream. Like if someone else's kids want to listen to it in the car, like, I mean, that's all that I could ask for, for as far as heart dreams. If people discover it and, and enjoy it, then um, that's amazing. And then big dreams, <laughs> I would love for it to just take my career to that next level. Um, I would love to be writing for film and TV. I would love to have gigs like, um, 
those fun songs that were on the WandaVision episodes. I don't know if you watched WandaVision. Yes. Like those decades songs on WandaVision, a, a gig like that. Yes. Or like everything is awesome from the Lego movie. <gasps> yes. Um, Disney movies, Sesame Street. These are all things that like I would really love to I keep for. thinking like so, Flight of the Concords. Like their, yes. their music was oh, so good. fun. Oh my gosh. How fun yes. would that be? Thank you. I the original comp that I was telling people was Frozen meets Flight oh of the Concord. That so I'm is, glad that you heard that. Yes. Yeah. No, that is yeah. spot on. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love Flight <laughs> of the Concords. I'm gonna have to rewatch that again. It's so good. Yeah, it's so good. It's yeah, very early inspiration for sure. I love Flight of the yes. Concords. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, speaking of so Josh, maybe you can hook us up with this. Can we listen to the demo for the Dead Dead Manuscript Society? How do I do this? <laughs> Yeah, can you? So right. that we can hear While it? While I fumble around, John, cut this out. When you edit this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> our fancy our fancy new editor who has joined our joined our team. <laughs> Hi, John. Yeah, right? <laughs> Hello. Thank you for your work. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're thinking we, we're going to listen to it on the podcast together. We, I haven't listened to it because I wanted okay, it to be a surprise. Cool. And I, I don't Great. think Josh has. So we're going to play it, listen to it, and then in editing we'll have john just put in like the you know the track yeah. to make it sound good so that you know, for sure can okay bear with me hear. google is All loading right. oh, here can it you guys is. see it i don't know if it's going to share audio but we'll try yeah yes. if not we'll just pretend okay i don't know let's see what happens can you hear it <laughs> yeah there it is yeah <laughs> question my only comment is why did it get cut i love it it's so fun <laughs> golden harp solo i mean golden hello. harp solo is very fun she was saving it so, for the podcast yes. yeah <laughs> i mean she's she's playing that long game right yeah so it is it is very fun um the thing that it it's missing for me that the other songs have is that it doesn't really have a point of view um, it's just kind of like giant fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay. Like wordplay and references to the story without really that, like that piece of like, yeah. um, what's the story behind the story. And I was, I struggled to find that with this one because I kind of feel like, um, both, both Jack and the giant are jerks, <laughs> you know, like Jack's a thief and the giant wants to grind his bones. Like there are no heroes here. So, right. <laughs> Um, so, you know, if, if, at, if at one point, like Disney comes calling and we make this into a, a full length musical, I will find the giant song and we can, we can, uh, get giant steps fully realized. Yes. Nice. Yes. Oh my gosh. Disney, if you're listening, I'll tag them in the, in the Twitter thread here. Don't worry about it. We'll get it Talk out about, there. Okay, great. Talk about big dreams for people from Disney. Yeah. Aside from right? our friend Benson listening to 
<laughs> um, I just want to say, like, good for you for being so, like, brutal, I guess, with your own work, you know, and just being like, look, I really like this one. It's really fun. But, like, you know, you have to kill your darlings, as they say, which is just, like, so hard sometimes, you know? It is so hard. I think um, my Second City background makes it easier mm. because when you watch your darlings die in front of a live audience... <laughs> It becomes much easier to kill them on your own. So I do appreciate like that experience. It's it's difficult to go through, especially when you're starting out, like to put something up and then watch it fail. Um, but it was really useful. And so I I did go through a lot of songs. Um, Magic Mirror went through five full rewrites, like music, lyrics, everything. Oh, wow. um, Villain Song went through a couple. Um, there there were a lot of tracks on there that were just thrown out. And then there were some that didn't make it, the, like like Giant Steps. There were a couple others, too. Um, yeah, but... So yeah. I... I mean, to me, that's such... N- not even musical, valuable insight for all of us. Like, um, be inquisitive about your work. Interrogate your work is the I word that I mm-hmm. meant, to, meant to use in terms of the value and whether or not it's going to, to your point, play. Not, in, not even necessarily in front of an audience, but, um, I mean, this... Also puts me in mind of, Brandon, what you've talked about before in terms of look at your own work like you are reading it, but you didn't write it. Critique it from that perspective of, you know, I'm looking at this fresh or I'm attempting to look at this fresh. Does Can I, can I be impartial about my work um, and, and yeah. make it the best that it can be? So, Yeah. And one thing that helped me, too, is I knew I was going to ask some friends to be on the album. And I thought, like, is this something that I would be proud to bring to them? Mm. And... Um, like it's good, but it could be better is not what I want to bring to to someone that I'm asking to to collaborate with. Yeah. So totally, um, that's a really good point because it's like if you're writing on your own, I mean, yeah, like uh, of course I want to bring my best, but like say Josh and I actually co-author this book we've been talking about for a long time because we would love to co-author a book, right? That'd be really fun. But say we I actually love these project dreams, <laughs> right? Yeah. But say we actually do that, I think my motivation to make sure like whatever I sent him as a chapter or or whatever, however that broke down would be that much higher, right? Like I wouldn't, I would also want to not, not just, you know, put my best foot forward for my own self, but also like, well, now I don't want to embarrass Josh. So it's like, okay, right. It's like the bar is a little bit higher. So yeah, like collaborating like that. And so, and also I feel like that, that can be sort of pulled out a little bit, like in terms of critique groups, it's like, if my critique group is going to champion me, I don't want them to champion something that I'm, I'm also not proud of, right? Because they're going to sort of rally behind you no matter what. It's sort of that, like, solidarity, you know, like, we've all been in the query trenches, like, you know, you haven't had a success, yeah. but it's, you, you sort of want to make everyone who's involved proud, not just, not just yeah. yourself. Yeah, and if, eventually there's an ask, right? You're asking someone for, to take the time to read it, or eventually to purchase it, or to, in my case, to take the time to listen to it, or... Um, stream it or buy it and so you want to make sure that like when you're making that ask like it's something that you're really proud of and you stand behind yeah it's not just something yeah, that's out sure. there it's yeah. something that's good yeah 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 i love it i mean We're, what a great message yeah, to end on so happy that's perfect um so happy to have been among the first people to have heard this and uh it's been a blast talking for the last hour yes absolutely thank you so much for having me and thank you for being among the first and um, giving me that that moment of relief. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank you for for all of it. I love to be included. You know, as like one of the first. And then I just I don't know. Yeah, having you on too. Like I've seen you speak in other in other um, 
platforms like 12 by 12 and like other stuff and I just have always been a fan so I'm so glad that oh, you thank came you on our, so nice. on our little show to talk with us yeah. about the CD so everyone yeah, go and buy it's my pleasure I'm so excited <laughs> yes thanks for listening this week find all of our episodes and other associated links and information at linktree.com slash verse show or reach out to us on twitter thanks again and we'll see you next verse bye